push that guy up there so you don't see it. You don't see the magic behind the scenes. What is up, my brother from uh, South Africa, Jean-Dre, uh, JD? What is happening, Mr. Mikhail? Mikhail Pacanio? Mikhail. You got to really drag it. Mikhail. 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 <laughs> it's a, it's Welcome back, everybody, the in the chat. We got a we got a, another episode of the what is it? Uh the crew Christian Codpost. <laughs> no, or, or in the words of Archbishop Jonathan, uh it's the Christian ministry that is true. That he, is it. He he uh he definitely he responded to my video and did it in a very passive, uh secretive way, as if I wouldn't catch the subtle uh a real Christian ministry that is true. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I want to. I, I I haven't seen that. You don't. JD you don't want freezing. To. You don't want to. I'm freezing. I am. Apparently. Yeah, you're freezing. It's okay though. It's okay. The fact that we can see you all the way in Africa is technology's finest. That's amazing. I mean, think about 50 years ago telling our parents that one day I'll be able to sit there and talk with my friends in Africa and see them straight on. We can hear your voice though, and that's what matters. Um, if you are having some issues on your end, by all means, fix that and do whatever you got to do. But uh, for everybody tuning in, welcome. Welcome back to the True Christian Ministry Podcast. Today is Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, and it's the first of November. May I say? There are already people with Christmas lights up in my neighborhood. They do not play games. Literally, Halloween gone, they were like, all right, Christmas lights up. And it ain't like some cheap lights, like Clark Gris uh, Griswold out here. Whole entire uh, house is glowing and shining. Um, but welcome to November. Man, we are almost, I mean, soon we're going to blink and it's going to be our first year that we finish this podcast. Um, I feel like JD is actually straight up frozen. Nope, there he goes. He moved. So, guys, today you see the title, Second Peter. Uh, if you remember, if you're a longtime listener, we started going into Second Peter. And as we went into Second Peter, we made a shift suddenly and wanted to address some topics. Uh, when we addressed those topics, we never came back to Second Peter. And people have asked us, yeah. when are we getting back to Second Peter? When are we guys, when are we getting back to Second Peter? So tonight we're gonna dive into the rest of Second Peter. We're gonna dive into the second half of it and read it. And go through it and, and just get close to the word of God tonight. Amen. Little Amen. rock. Let's just, we're gonna we're gonna read uh little rocks letter. Just a little <laughs> bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Everybody watching on TikTok, welcome to the podcast as well. This might be your first time, or maybe you're a constant viewer that refuses to come to YouTube. But if you are a new viewer, just let you know, if you want to join in on the conversation, join in on the, uh, the live chat, see JD on screen, see the Bible on screen, you can come over to YouTube, at True Christian. Link is also in the bio. Or you could be like some people who sit on TikTok every week. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I had to give them that look, you know, the judgment look. Uh, but yeah. what's new, bro? Before we dive in, anything new going on in Africa? Nothing new. We've had some rain, praise Jesus, um, and uh, we're still spreading the gospel, which is awesome. But um, other than that, it's it's been real. It's been real to see. I, I'm, I managed to chat to a, a a woman yesterday in the parking lot, <laughs> you know, and um, she happened to be a Christian, which was cool. But um, yeah, it's just real out there. Um, the schools, what's happening in the world. 
Our mission is urgent, man. Our mission is urgent. That's like every every single day. I'm just reminded more and more that our mission is urgent. Like absolutely, super. Absolutely, I agree 100. In fact, um, you might not have seen it yet because you're waking up and it's a new day for you and you have to catch up on my content. Uh, but everybody that follows my content knows that today I talked about that. Um, there was a recent video that went viral of Christians going through a mall singing. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns, right? And, and it got great coverage. People were like, yeah, amen. And in the video, I made a passing comment saying, I wouldn't have done it that way, but whatever. And I was addressing something else, somebody else's criticism of it. And then people were saying, well, wait a minute. What do you mean you wouldn't have did it that way? So I answered their question and I made it clear, like just my opinion here, singing songs doesn't bring people to the gospel. Doesn't. Right. And, and this isn't just some guy. I'm not just sitting from my couch making that statement. I've been in the streets preaching the gospel for seven years, um, not yeah, seven years yeah. constantly, but in and out the streets seven years. I talked to a lot of nonbelievers. Um, I talked to a lot of uh, atheists and agnostics, and I've yet to meet one that has ever led me to believe that what they really needed was a flash mob singing awesome God. And so I gave my opinion and I said, J.D., you know, if you guys really want to preach the gospel, if you really want to make an impact with that large of a group, and I want to say it here too, because maybe maybe somebody will hear this and say, that's a good idea. If you ever have 20, 30, 40 people that want to do something for the Lord, here's what you do instead of going to the mall and singing. Gather up all of your lawn tools that everybody has, lawnmowers, shovels, whatever, buy some soil. Go to a random neighborhood and knock on doors and say, hey, is there anything that we could do to help you out with your yard work? the older people, people that might be dealing with injuries, people that might be busy, single moms, they're going to welcome that. Don't say we're doing it. So you come to our church. No, just do it. They'll ask you why. Like, well, we just want to show people that we love them. Yeah. Who are you guys with? Just with our church. No, don't worry. You don't, we're not asking you to join or anything like that. We just want to show you the love that God has because what does yeah. God give us? God gives us a love where he gives and expects nothing in return from us. Right. He gave us freely a gift that we can never earn. So we are called to go out and give freely to demonstrate that love. I promise you, you do that for your community, you'll reach more people than just going through a mall singing our God is an awesome God. Now, people got upset with me for saying that. Some people did. They were like, oh, yeah. they're just rejoicing. And, nah, nah, nah. and it's like, I wasn't knocking them. I'm just telling you what will work <laughs> I, from yeah. experience. All right. So, man. Amen, bro. That's spot on. I would I would I would 100 percent agree with that. Um, and and we've seen it, we've seen so many of these videos where um and also not not knocking them, but it's easy to sit with 50 people and sing a song. Um, it's not easy to stand alone in a crowd and ask them who is Jesus Christ and how do you get to heaven? Um, that's where it gets real. That's where people have to answer serious questions. Um, just singing a song, yeah, it's cool. And, and Christians alike can rejoice that that there's so many Christians out there singing publicly. Praise Jesus for that. Again, that's not that's not uh, that's not the gospel. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, like I, I I I get it. People are like, I love that. You love that because you know Jesus. I don't think people understand this. Non-believers, when they see you. They are only seeing you as they have been told you exist, okay? I know that we have this thing in this world where we think that everybody sees the world the way we do. I hate to tell you this, guys, 
But even though you're not a hateful, bigoted Christian, these non-believers have run across a lot of hateful, bigoted, disrespectful Christians. They have. And they exist. Let's not play this naive game like they don't exist. We all know yeah. they do. So that's their experience. Amen. So if you show up at a mall when they're trying to shop and you're blocking the doors and you're marching by the hundred and just being loud and people got their kids, they're trying to get done with their shopping. They're positive. It's not, they're not gonna be like, oh, well, that's just so, <laughs> that's so cute. No, it's like, look at this cult. Cause that's what they view us as. So what are we yeah. called to do? Love. We're called to Amen, love. Man. Loving is not, and, and can the Holy Spirit work through the singing? Yes, I'm not telling you that it can't happen. No one's yeah. knocking what they did. I'm telling you that it's not an effective strategy, period, no matter what you said. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because I can see, I can see, you know, obviously there's always going to be someone that's offended in the chat, and, and just to be very clear, we are not knocking it at all. It's a great thing that Christians are singing, our God is an awesome God in the mall. It's a great thing. It's a fantastic thing. No one's knocking it, M merely pointing to the fact that this isn't addressing the sin issue. This isn't addressing the nature of man. This isn't addressing eternal life. Not at all. So we cannot be self-deceived by going, I shared the gospel today by singing, our God is an awesome God through them all. That is not sharing the gospel. Yes, seeds might have been planted. Yes, the devil was irritated. Yes, the demons were scattering. Absolutely. But again, People can walk past that. It's not a one-on-one -on -one confrontational, let me ask you a serious question. This is what street preachers do. We ask serious questions. If you die today, what happens? Where do you go? This is a question people want to avoid. And this is why we have to, have to, have to, have to address the question. And, and this is ultimately... Oh, yeah, and this is ultimately why so many people, so many people um, are heading in the wrong direction, knowingly and unknowingly, is because there aren't enough Christians out there addressing these serious questions. Whether you yeah. like it or don't like it, if you're offended by it, I'm sorry, but it's a fact. <laughs> it's an absolute fact. So I want to add two things that I've realized in my conversations today with people. Number one. Everything you do as a Christian is not a guaranteed seed. It might be, but it's not a flower. You can plant weeds. Like, I, I, contrary to popular belief, people think like, as long as I do something, it's like, as long as it's for Jesus, I'm planting seeds. That's absolutely not true. Because, again, when you set an when you give somebody an experience, if it's a negative experience, that's a weed. And what do I mean by that? Next time they see a group of Christians, they might turn right instead of going towards you. Go like, man, last time they would say, I'm just going to go that way, right? It mm. sets experiences. This is why they see us a certain way because somebody before you planted some weeds and weeds suck up all the nutrients. They suck up all the water. You can't give that love. That's number one. And then number two, you also don't want people to come to the church for the wrong reason because if they come for the wrong reason, they stay for the wrong reason and they leave. Do you want to know why we have so many Christians that deconstruct and, and leave the church? Because they came because of the barbecues. They came because of the jump house. They came because the, the neighborhood cookout. They came for this, this feeling inside, this, this mm, like it, it feels inside. And they didn't come because I'm a wretched sinner and I need Jesus, right? Again, if you walk up to me and you want to participate because you're like, man, I love music. That's not why I want you here. Like, I'm just being honest. We worship together. 
We we worship together. That's no, they're not knocking the worship. But if we go out into their world, our goal should always be for the gospel. As Paul actually says, ready? Ready for this? Let's go to the scriptures real quick. I know we're going to Second Peter, but I can't miss an opportunity Amen. because this is also one that I talked about a lot when it came to um Halloween, right? Because the people were like, you can't, someone actually commented, um, so you got a problem with them singing in the mall, but you tell Christians they can go trick-or-treating? Absolutely, yes. And and I can stand on that with the word of God. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter, I think it's 9 or 10. Here we go. To the Jew, to the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in the blessings. Everything we do as Christians should be for the gospel. Like there's nothing else we should be doing uh, except for, for the gospel. Our worship should be for the gospel. How we proclaim his name should be for the gospel because anything else does not give life. Saying Jesus loves you to someone does not give them life. Amen. 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 That's it. And, and I'm just going to address this commenter, Thomas, bro, calm down. Like no one's knocking the singing. You you clearly yeah. not getting what we're laying down. Just just calm down. Don't don't attack the 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 ladies in the chats. They're your sisters in Christ. Again, this is a perfect. This is another perfect moment. Just just a quick teaching moment, men. You you don't have the right to to assert authority over women that are not your wives. Number one. Number two. Women are delicate flowers. They are created in God's image that we should, we should be presenting a sacrificial love to the ladies around us, our moms, our daughters, our wives, our sisters in Christ. Men should be examples of, of soldiers for Christ. Not, yo, hush, I'm a grown man. That's not, that's actually just, it's it's just off-putting. It's distasteful. Um, so God bless you, brother. You, you're welcome to be here, but um <clears throat> From the very beginning Just of this conversation, it. we said we're not knocking singing. So if at any way you are you think that we are, you're not listening. I'm not trying to be rude here. But I'm telling you that no one's knocking the singing, but JD and myself are street preachers. And as street preachers, we know how important it is to reach people with the gospel. Because somebody that heard me singing today might get in a car accident today, and they're not alive tomorrow to hear the second part. Preach the gospel Amen. as dying men. As if you're preaching to dying men yeah. that will never get a chance to preach it again. Amen. That's what the goal is, guys. Amen. That's what we're focusing on. And Louder. again, we understand that someone said stop it to you. JD was giving you the advice as even if someone says stop it, we're called to just be like, okay, you know what? Whatever. So he wasn't yeah. knocking, he wasn't defending anybody for saying anything to you. He was saying you don't need to respond to them. Exactly. Exactly. You know what you Amen. believe in. Amen. Again, you, you, you don't have to it's respond. Not attacking, it's not attacking by having a conversation. I know that this might be something that happens in today's society. We love you to death, Thomas. Uh, we're, we're literally just telling you, 
it was there's no need to even worry about other commenters. You're here with us. Hang Amen. out. And we were saying that we have no problem with singing from day from the moment I started talking. We said we're just saying there's better ways to go about it because we should treat every moment as if there's no tomorrow. Even James tells us, don't plan for tomorrow, for that's your arrogance boasting. For we should say, if the Lord wills, we have tomorrow. Um, Amen. But let's move on. We're not going to waste time on this. We're yeah, not going to let's, let's move on. Let's get back to the. Thing. So the letter of Second Peter. We're about to roll into a part of Second Peter that gets very uh, interesting, and this is one of those areas where a lot of people have misquoted a lot. Uh, a lot of people try mm. and use this as like a mathematical mathematical equation on how to cal calculate uh, how God perceives time. Um, so we're going to go through this letter. We're going to go through it. We're going to go through uh, chapter three here and, and go through it slowly. Let me go ahead and make it a little bit bigger for you guys watching um, here on YouTube. Oops. Nope. Don't want that. That's the Greek. All right. So the chapter starts with, this is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last day with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. I want to want to want to point something out in this opening passage real quick. I love the fact that he points out, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. A lot of times when we look at the scriptures, a lot of people read it as every verse is indicative. This is what you have to do. You have to do this. You have to do this. This is why you have people that think you can lose your salvation and, and, and they're, uh, you know, focusing on what Paul said, run the race. And therefore, if I don't run the race, I, I'm going to fail. But the apostles mm. aren't writing every line. Like, if you don't do this, you're screwed. They're stirring you up. They're literally, I don't know why people don't think about this. What do you want them to say? Like, when people talk about, like, well, why would Peter say this? Or why would Paul say this? Did you want Paul to be like, hey, you're good now. So, you know, just like uh, hang out. No, they're going to stir you up. They're going to say, et cetera, et cetera. Um, side note, this just came in my head. I, I, I'm sorry that I'm cutting uh, off myself, but I want to stop and say one more thing. Thomas, I just want you to know that I do hope that you understand that nothing was personal and that we love you here. Um, I don't know yeah, if I properly amen. demonstrated that a minute ago when I said that we're not trying to make you feel any type of way. We just wanted to let you know that we don't like seeing anything happen in the comment section. And we just wanted to say, hey, let's avoid anything, regardless who said what. So I hope you know that nothing about this was personal. We love you to death. We're happy you're here. And we're not sitting here thinking anything beyond that. If you've been here Amen. long enough, you know that's just how me and JD are. We, we sharpen steel with steel. We spar. We punch each other. But that makes each other stronger and helps us when we go out into the battlefield. So that was Preach. like in my heart as I'm sitting here talking about scripture. Get some. But JD, notice how it says that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Just, just want to throw this out there. Predictions of the prophets. Then it says the Lord and then his apostles, prophets, Lord, apostles. Why doesn't Boom. he say, and the prophets that the Lord sent? I'm just, That's saying, it. I'm just saying, if there are still prophets, why is it the predictions of the holy prophets, commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles? 
Yeah. My, I know that's not part of the, this is not at all what he's teaching or saying, but I love throwing little things out there like that. Like, yeah, just, just little- something to chew on. That's just <laughs> something to chew on because if, 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 if there were still going to be a continuance of profits, then it would have, you know, maybe Peter would have insinuated that way. Maybe he would have led with that. Listen to the future prophets of those days. He doesn't say that. And and what I was going to say is actually, um, what I'm pointing out is actually an interesting thing that I I often do in scripture. Sometimes, if something's not written, you can also learn by what's not written. And here's what I mean by that. People will tell you that Peter was the first pope, right? Pay attention to some things. Why is Paul giving a final message to the Philippians and to Timothy and neither of his final message before death, make sure to lean on the, on Peter and whoever he, whoever, uh, you know, follows up after him, make sure to look to him for guidance. Right. I I like to put it this way. Can you imagine if our constitution never spoke about the president? Like think about that for a second. If our constitution didn't lay out anything about the president, that would be really suspect. You're telling me that the document that we that we set our standard on doesn't address the one who leads us? If there is a pope, and if Peter is that pope, why is it Paul goes out of his way to teach you who, who elders are, deacons are, pastors are, but not once is there a mention of, hey, Timothy, I'm about to die. Make sure that if you need anything, if you need any support, you guys lean on Peter and his successors, for they will never let you fail. They are the vicar of Christ and they hold firm this stance, right? You get what I'm saying? So the question is, why I'm, are you laughing at the comments or me? <laughs> you. <laughs> it's I'm always bro. finding a way to do this, but I'm just saying, <laughs> <good> right? <laughs> are you having a realization? What's happening? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just so true. It's just so true what you're saying, man. And you like, you, you look at some of these people um, and, and, and it's, uh, and we're not gonna we're not gonna nitpick on those who are out there. They know which you know denominations and whatever the case may be. They know who they are. But you know, moreover, but I digress. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, this this uh, he also doesn't say to Timothy, "Yo, you're the new apostle now, um, and go on and find someone else to make an apostle." You know, um, while I'm gone, it's it's just. It's mind blowing how people read these things into the text that just don't exist. Uh, <laughs> it's just not even there. Yet they've come um, up with these conclusions. So, real quick, I want to stop and I just want to go ahead and uh, ask you guys to continue to pray for my wife's friend's daughter. Uh, I just received a text message saying that they will be in the hospital for the next six weeks. Um, my wife actually sent me what's known as a meal train where people can donate to take care of the people's meals. So um, on behalf of our uh, uh, the True Christian Ministry, I'm going to go ahead and say right now that we will provide. Um, I don't know what the cost is, but we will provide a large amount of their meals so they have nothing to worry about. If you feel that you would like to participate in helping us do that, the link's in our bio or how you donate. We never ask for it. I'm just letting you know now that keep them in your prayers. Um, I can actually just put this link up. If you don't feel comfortable sending us money, I can share this link. Yes, her name is Amelia. Uh, to those that asked, uh, let's keep Amelia in her prayer in our prayers. Remember what I said? They were in a car accident, and she, the daughter, suffered some terrible burns, smoke inhalation, um, and and she's uh, in the hospital. So um, 
I just want to go ahead and say that this ministry, we we will provide as many meals. And if we can, we'll provide the entire six, six weeks. Um, I don't know what they cost, so I can't guarantee anything on that, but we will definitely do so. I don't know if my wife is actually listening. If my wife is listening, you can drop the link in the comment section for the people. Okay. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, go ahead, JD. I just, I didn't want to cut you off, but I wanted to say that. I'm not, actually going to text my wife to tell her to bring the link in. I was done. I was done. Let's, let's, let's get back to the text. I was done. I just, uh, again, uh, the importance, the importance of, of biblical hermeneutics, the importance of exegeting the text, the way it is, uh, the way it is written and how it is written, who it is written to is critically important we don't get to decide what scripture says scripture says what scripture says and this is why precept upon precept line upon line god's word answers god's word god doesn't need us god doesn't need us again as paul says the foolishness god chose the foolishness of preaching um it's it's not we're not necessity we're not a necessity to god's ultimate plan we mm -hmm. preach the gospel because necessity has been laid upon us. As he's just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says this. Woe is unto me if I do not preach the gospel. So it, it, that it's not like Mark and I get up here so that we can get clout again with everything we do. Um, it's amazing what God's done. He's used like this platform for amazing hey, shout out God. Amen. All glory to God. Like. No glory to uh, <laughs> Mike and JD whatsoever. Yeah, God is the best, best friend, the best father, the best God, the best everything. He's amazing. Uh, amen to him. Hallelujah to him. And what's crazy is we don't even understand what he does for us. There's things in our day. You don't know what he's doing. We, we, we see the blessings, but we don't see the, the protection. We don't see the spiritual protection of what tries to attack you and does not. We don't see what God defeats in our way every day. The things that he keeps out of your way, the things that he keeps from crossing your path. So even the things you know he's given you and you're thankful for, there's things beyond that that you have no idea. In fact, every breath you take, think about your body for a second. What keeps your heart pumping? What keeps your body going? It is God. He is the one who gives the breath of life. If not, you're just meat. That's all you are is meat. He's amazing. I saw someone ask in the comment section um, if we're cessationalists. I actually don't know if you what you would call yourself. I don't like titles because here's what I'll say about this. Titles have preconceived notions. To you, a sensationalist, a sensationalist might mean one thing, and to another person, it's another thing. So I prefer to just get to the meat, the nitty-gritty. Do I believe that the gifts have ceased? No, because the Holy Spirit hasn't ceased and the Holy Spirit has the power to do anything. Yeah, but what amen. I do believe is that the Holy Spirit is the one who, who causes these gifts, that gifts are not permanent and they're as needed. For example, if I go to uh, Uganda and God needs me to speak in Ugandanese, what do they speak? I don't know, but whatever, um, he will give me that ability when I need it. But if I get yeah. back home to Texas, I'm not going to still be able to speak that language. It would serve no purpose. If I need Amen. to heal, I will heal, but I can't walk around healing. It's when God wants, and it's always for the purpose of his glory. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I do believe that the office of apostle and prophet are no longer active because they were established Amen. as the foundation of the church. We no longer are on the foundation. The church is built now. 
We are at the second floor of the church. We're waiting for the roof to show up. Uh, <laughs> try and create an analogy there. Let's open the Bible back up. Yeah, and I'm 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 100 uh, on the same page when it comes to cessationism and continuationism. Like the gifts are up to God. God will God will give them when He decides to give them. We don't get to claim them. We don't get to hang on to them. We don't say these are my gifts. I have the gift of prophecy. I have the gift of tongues. I have the gift of so and so and so fivefold ministry. Um, and do us a favor and go watch the fivefold liars episode we did. Um, and maybe that will break down the answer in a bit more. Um, so I saw my wife came in here. Just want to ask real quick: uh, Did you post the link for the uh, don't uh, for the meal thing? I don't see it, so because I want to I want to pin it. Um, so please, to my wife, can you post that link? Maybe you tried and it tried to like I don't know stop it. I'm looking, I don't see it. She said good um, not. Oh. I, I love you, but okay. Uh, okay. But also I, I, we don't normally stop and look at this many comments, but this comment just touched my heart. I'm always trying to read the comments. Uh, Jessica said, TikTok. I found Mike through Mike, these podcasts to this, to the discord, to a wonderful group of women. It's amazing what one video can do. Praise God. I love that. I, so I, I was actually on Amen, the discord Jess. last night. And just listening to some people talk on the Discord, it's so incredible how many people have relationships on there that found each other on TikTok. And I mean, real relationships. I mean, like one of our brothers in Christ is currently in the hospital. He just had surgery. Another brother in Christ was in the same town, went to visit him. They're talking to each other like, hey, how are you doing? You need anything? Like, I, I love you guys so much. And this is the reason why no matter what anyone says on TikTok, I don't care. Because there are over 1,500 people on that Discord every day finding hope in each other, finding encouragement in each other. Like I'm, Eyes are getting a little watery right now as we speak. Like I Truly, you guys are what keep me going. I don't know if I'm speaking for JD here, but I think I am. Like No matter what negative negativity we get, it is you that tells us what we're doing is fine, what we're doing is right. If we didn't have you, I might be questioning what I'm doing. So thank you from the bottom of our heart with all the support that you guys give us uh, just with tuning in and, and listening in and, and joining us. So uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Definitely. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. Could not also, have said well, made fun of Ugandanese. <laughs> Ugandanese. <laughs> I don't know how they speak. Swahili, bro. Swahili. How am I supposed to know that? I, I live in America, which means everything is America. We all speak American, and there's no need for anything else because it's America. Like, I don't know what yeah. you think this is. Don't worry. When yeah. we finally get you over here to America, everything's going to change. Your accent's going to drop. You're going to put on a cowboy hat. You're going to punch babies. It's going to be amazing. I swear to you, you won't be excited for how great it feels to be the center of the universe. <laughs> You know what I no have one's as important as we are. <laughs> I actually have learned that I need to be very careful because I guess I've been told that I'm very good at being like just straight faced. And some people think I'm being legit with things like I have to be like sarcasm, Sa sarcasm. I promise you do not be gullible. Just like my video earlier saying <laughs> I can't repeat it. I don't want to get in trouble on TikTok. All right. <laughs> Verse three. Look, we're going to make it half hour in and we're three verses in. Oh, verse four, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? 
For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact, that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the wor- by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So I'm going to stop there. Um, and I don't know if you want to say anything about this, JD, but I want you to point, I want to point you out to this scoffers and mockers. We have these today. It's a little different. See, back then they were getting the, where's your God at? When's he coming? And today it's a little different of why doesn't your God stop the evil? Why does your God allow this? So it's not about when is your God returning, but more so if your God is real, why does X, Y, and Z happen? It's the same Mm. scoffing. And Peter's going to tell you how to respond to this. I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that. Yeah, I always go back to Ecclesiastes chapter one, where, where Solomon says to us that there is absolutely nothing new under the sun. Everything that has been will be again. Um, and this is this is this is a good reminder. Whenever something new pops up or seems to be new, like a new, uh, <laughs> you know, a new objection or a new argument, it's not a new argument. All of these arguments have been had. They have been in the past. And this is just it will be regurgitated. It will come around again and again and again and again. So we're reminded that everything we see that there is nothing new under the sun, that these arguments have happened before. And when you study apologetics or when you decide to get into apologetics, you will see that the questions are often the exact same question. They just gift wrap differently um, or their approach is different. But ultimately, the conclusion is the same. For we know if God had to take care of all the evil in the world today, there would be no world left tomorrow. Excuse me. So this is this is this is why it's critically important when Peter says scoffers and mockers, they haven't stopped for the past 2000 years. They have been scoffing and they have been mocking. It's it's ongoing. I think it's Amen. verse. Uh, it's all the way down at the bottom. I think it's uh, 17. There we go. There we go. Uh A little bit up, uh, verse 13, I think it is. There, yeah. I, the preacher, have been the king over Jerusalem, and I have applied my heart and uh, to seek and search out wisdom that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I've seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and and a striving after wind what is crooked cannot be made straight and what is lacking cannot be counted i said in my heart and i have acquired great wisdom surpassing all who were over jerusalem before me and my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge and i applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly and i perceive that this also is but striving after wind that is just insane, man. <laughs> vanity of I mean, vanity. I mean. All right, let's get back in here to one of my favorite responses. So 
How does he respond to this? Because what what we forgot to mention is, despite the fact that these people are constantly saying these things, he adds in here that there's something being stored up, right? And we hear this throughout scripture. The wrath of God is being stored up. In fact, we read this in Romans 2. Some of you might remember me talking about this when that uh, false teacher, uh, Isaiah Salvador, had the nerve to say that this is about Christians, that they have wrath storing up in heaven. Every time you sin as a Christian, that is Mm -hmm. not what this is speaking about. It's speaking to the Jews who are not giving their life to Christ saying, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Now, what I want you to understand is because a lot of Christians have fear. um, I want you to turn to John five. If you're one of the people that takes notes with us and reads and has your Bible with us, um, that was Romans two. Now, if you have fear about, well, what about me? What about me stepping in front of judgment and the fire pouring out on me and the wrath on me? I'm scared. I want you to go down to verse 24 of John chapter five. And Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. And then go ahead and go down a little bit further. Later, you can go back and read all of it. Verse 29, I want you to highlight this, but it starts at 28 saying, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good, that's believing in Jesus, to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil, that's who's rejecting Jesus, to the resurrection of judgment. Your resurrection doesn't even head the judgment. When you get up, if you're in Christ, you get up glorified. You get up at his right hand. You get up an heir. There is no judgment for you. And I know that some people try and be like, well, no, because if you do, if you don't follow and endure and blah, blah, this is what Jesus said. It's not Mike's word. It's not JD's word. Me and JD mean nothing. Literally, I'm a high school dropout. He's from South Africa. <laughs> Should I? Also, high school dropout. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, internet high five, bro. Guys, we are not promoting dropping out of high school. We are just showing off the glory of God and how God uses what is weak in the sight of man to show off his strength. He uses off what is he uses what is foolish to man to show off his wisdom. Uh, he, he uses us to show off that he doesn't need greatness. Just want to throw it out there. And JD and I love each other. I am not mocking him or his country. I'm just jealous that he won't come live in America and be my best friend. <laughs> But we are already best friends, Mike. Yeah, but it's internet <laughs> best friends, not the same as high fives and hugs, bro. Yeah, fair enough. All right, back to Second Peter. So he says, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved. Okay, guys, this is where I want you all to get your listening ears on. People have been cherry picking scripture and purposely not sharing the entire verses with you guys for a long time. Remember how we talked about in one of my videos I posted last week about how Philippians chapter two, it says, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And then the verse ends, but it's a comma and there's more to it. Here's one of those situations where nobody reads the second half of this sentence. He says, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. We've all heard that, right? But listen. He's not telling you that one of our days or one day to the Lord is a thousand years because the very next very next part of the same sentence and a thousand years as one day. 
So what is Peter saying here? Is he giving us a secret calculation that <laughs> one day is a thousand? No, he's telling you God doesn't operate by time. God That's isn't it. sitting there like, Outside. oh my gosh, it's day three. Oh my gosh, it's day four. God is at the end already. So it's not that he's waiting for anything. It's that we're waiting to get to his appointed time. Amen, we are going Amen. through the, the process of time to catch up to where he's already at because he declares the end from the beginning. So really, it's just us trying to get to where he's at. And I'm a firm believer. I'm about to share a secret with y'all. I'm about to tell y'all when Jesus will return. Y'all ready for this? And this is, I'm not lying here. This is the truth. According to the word of God, Jesus will return after the final believer puts their faith in Jesus Christ and gets saved. You know how I know? Very next part. The Lord is not yeah. slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. He's not talking about all human beings, obviously, because God doesn't fail his mission. He's saying God's not going to return before someone that would be saved. He knows who will be saved. And every single one of them will be saved. Every single one of them. So Amen. while you're impatient, one of his children isn't born yet. And he's waiting for his child. He's waiting for his child to be born, waiting for his child to grow up, and waiting for his child to call upon the name of Jesus. But after the final baptism in the Holy Spirit, then it will be time. Yeah. Amen. That, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And again, this is another verse we can look at and then we can see Peter is Peter has got no problem ex, ex, explaining to people that he has got a grasp on God's omniscience and omnipotence. God is outside of time, space and matter. This is what Paul is, uh, Peter is putting emphasis on here. He's not saying, oh, so, you know. God's got a little calendar. God already knows the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. He knows everything in between. He is omniscient, omnipotent, and he knows what's going to happen next. So the, the reality is oh, what Peter is breaking down here for his audience is everybody preach the gospel, preach the gospel, preach the gospel, because it is because of his long suffering that he hasn't returned, not because of any other reason but because of his mercy and his grace. I mean, that is a beautiful message. Come yeah. on, man. It, it, and this is, I mean, this is what he's telling you guys. What? Don't be so eager for him to return. Know that he has a plan. God knows what he's doing. He'll be back when he needs to be back. It will be over when it needs to happen. And then he slides this out there to remind you. But when it does happen, it's going to come like a thief. And the heavens will pass away with the war. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But accordingly, and according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And I just want to focus on one sentence here because this is something that I've been saying to you guys for a while now. And I think Peter's basically saying it a better way than I say it. But how many times have you all heard me say we should be living for our eternity today because this world is passing away? Well, that's what Peter's saying right here. 
He said, since Amen. all of this is going to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in life? Because if this isn't going to be here and I'm going to be in eternity with my king, why would I get, why would I become this? Shouldn't I start becoming that? Shouldn't I go ahead and start becoming what I plan to be for eternity? Start working on that version of myself, start living that way rather than what a lot of Christians in the United States do at least kind of look at it like, oh, well, you know, that's when I die. Like when I die, I'll be ready to, you know, do, you know what I mean? Like my, my eternity starts then right now I'm really enjoying this and I'm, I'm going to go mm, ahead and soak mm, this up mm, and, mm. and milk every bit of this. And that's. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This is, this is exactly it. You, you see, I mean, we, we've, we've mentioned this so many times on podcasts and on live streams, but again, be kingdom minded, be kingdom minded. Do not be focused on what this world has to offer you because, and I'm not saying don't have nice things and don't have a decent car or a decent home. This is not what we say um, before, <laughs> you know, that gets ripped out of context or snipped up. It's, it's, it's just, we should be more focused on, on our life after this life. And we should be more focused on how many people are going with us. That's the goal of the Christian is to preach the gospel in oh season, out of season. That is the goal of the Christian is a Damn. life after this life. So JD just triggered a thought that was in my head earlier. So obviously we're talking about how we were talking about people singing songs and whatnot. And one of the things that I was thinking on and reflecting on and in prayer about is I notice a lot of Christians that have this mindset of <laughs> They don't really act like they care about getting others saved, right? They're okay with doing things that are easy. Like, I'm just going to go sing. Or you'll meet people that say, like, they pray for people, but they never do it in public. they like, I pray over people in silence and quietly. Like, but they don't go, hey, can I pray for you? Um, people that don't ask the questions that, you know, JD was talking about. Just different things like that. And I can't help but wonder, are people basically just turning into an Amish kind of Christianity? And what I mean by that is, this idea like, well, I'm saved and like, whatever the world, you guys are screwed because a lot of times you have this mindset of like, I can't wait for Jesus to come back. And, and I've said it before too, but I need you guys to understand what we're saying when we do that. Whenever you say, I can't wait for Jesus to come back. You're saying, I can't wait for the, for it to be over and no one else can be saved. I can't reach yeah. not another person. They're damned. They're gone. Um, I can wait. Lord, give us one more day, one more day, Lord. Let, let me yeah. try one more time. Now, granted, he's going to come back and there will be some lost. But as much as we hold to that hope and we can't wait to be reunited with our Lord, let us not turn that into our ignoring of those that need the gospel because loving others is, is, is a valuable part of being a Christian. In fact, if you do not have the love of the world, I mean, if you don't love people, what does 1 John say? If anyone says, I love God or I know God and hates his brothers. He is a liar. And I don't want to stand before God as a liar. I have to love Amen. him. That's why I've been speaking about this Palestine and Israel thing saying, hey, we need to love both sides. You need to love Hamas. You need to love Israel. That doesn't mean you forgive. I mean, well, no, not forgive. It doesn't mean you forget or you turn your back and let someone stab you behind your back or that you don't take precautions, etc. No, 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 no. But our words should be about building up love, uh, preaching the gospel. Let God be God. 
let him do what he does. Let us live every day to share the gospel with the world. Mm. Amen. Absolutely. Amen, bro. Absolutely. Uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Absolutely. Oh, did I finish reading that all of it? Okay. And then here we go with the final words. Therefore, and this is actually a really, usually the final words of these, uh, of these letters, sometimes really just like, you know, cut and paste. Hey, shout out to my homie Priscilla, Aquila, da-da-da, da-da-da. No, no, Peter got something to tell you right here. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just mm. as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you, according to the wisdom wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, Knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the, to the day of eternity. Amen. Now let's go back. Amen. Um, first and foremost, what does he say? Oops. I almost knocked over the camera for TikTok. I apologize, guys. Uh, he says, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And this one might cause some confusion for people because it's like, well, wait a minute. I thought I'm saved by grace. You are. This isn't about your salvation. Guys, if you knew, let's just say for a second. Okay, here, here, let me give you an example. Let's say your husband because I we have more women followers than men. Men just picture I'm talking about a wife. But let's say your husband is going on a a, a trip, a mission trip. He's going to be gone for a couple years, and you don't know when he's going to return. No matter what, when he returns, he loves you. No matter what, when he returns, he's going to love seeing you and be happy to see you. But wouldn't you, out of the love for him, want him to return to you? being put together, having your life still together, not being a mess. Like, do you want your husband to return home from this mission trip and you're just sitting in the kitchen eating ice cream out the tub with mascara on your face like, I don't know what I'm doing? Or do you want him to return saying, I miss you, and you're just sitting there waiting. I'm like, oh, man, I've been, my job, I got promoted, and this, this, and that. Like, all these great things that I've built for us, right? It's, it's, it's not about your salvation in every verse of the Bible. Like, I don't know how many times we have to say that. It is encouragement. What else do you want Peter to say? All right, guys, Jesus will be back. So, like, live it up, bruh. Live it up. No, be yeah. diligent. Be diligent. Amen. So that when he I mean, returns- it's, 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 it's the way he says it there. The way he says it there. Count the patience of our Lord as salvation. So, again, just to, just to put further emphasis on, on Mike's analogy, if you've received something, so... Again, this this is the same message we use. If 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 I say I love Mike and and he's my brother in Christ, there will be evidence to suggest that this is true. There will be evidence to suggest that this is true. No one, and this is this is why Peter also warns against those who twist Paul's writings: the free graces, the hyper graces, the universal reconciliation. This is what he is warning against. He's like. You don't get to not believe in Christ and claim 
a part of the grace of God. This is an, a believer of Christ who believes the gospel will put emphasis on that belief. Our belief will breed fruit. It, it's impossible for true belief to not produce fruit. As John says, no true believer goes on bearing nothing. You will bear fruit. So the same same passage here, exactly the same thing. It's got nothing to do with your salvation eternally, but it's got mm -hmm. everything to do with because you have been saved. This is how you present yourself. And, and, and when, oh, my bad. Another interesting thing is Peter and, and Paul and the apostles. What is the apostles' purpose? Like, let's understand that too. When we think about these letters, let me lower this down. We're going to come back and talk about what he says about Paul. But let's, I want to talk about this. We got 30 minutes, so we're ahead of schedule. What is the apostles' purpose? It's to build and set up people that will uh, plant churches. And so they're before. The missionaries, they literally build people up that will build the church. Like they're the, they're the foundation, right? So their job is to set it up so that the church will grow. Well, do you think if the apostles said, hey, you're all saved, so just chill back and kick your feet up, you're good. Does, do you think Christianity would be where it's at today if all Christians acted like the hyper grace people? Like, yeah, I believe. Wait, you're saying, you're saying I, I have to go out and talk to people about Jesus? You're saying I should love people? The reason why Christianity has grown the way it's grown and spread the way it's spread is because of the love that people have in their hearts, the fruits that they produce. That's what we do. So it's not about this idea like, man, and that we're going to get to kind of what he talks about, about when it comes to people misunderstanding Paul. But when we read in the scriptures about like run this race and doing this and all these good things, it's not about being saved because you're doing this. It's not a workspace gospel. If someone tells you, hey, you should be doing X, Y, Z if you love the Lord, they're not challenging your salvation. They're challenging your priorities. That's what they're yeah. really challenging. And you should want people to do that if they love the Lord and you love them. So do not forget that, that our goal is to preach this gospel. Every single one of us has been given given a commission to go out there and love people and set an example. You are not just supposed to, I'm saved, I'm good. And that's what he gets into here about Paul. And, and this part right here, man. <laughs> hey, JD, question for you. Peter says, our beloved Paul also wrote to you. That means Paul and Peter are writing to the same audience? Amen, I baby. Thought, I thought Paul only spoke to the Gentiles. Nope. And I thought Peter I, I, again. We like that, that 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 that's so easily that's so easily just that that argument so easily destroyed with with uh, Romans Romans one uh, and then one Corinthians second Corinthians uh, the Bible the book of yeah the, every single one of Paul's epistles he he mentions speaking to Jews and to Gentiles so um, yeah it's uh, that's not even an argument man. So, but what, so what Peter says is there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. Why is this so important right here? This is Peter literally affirming Paul's words as scripture. So when people say Paul's words aren't scripture, well, no, that's inaccurate because even Peter confirms that, right? I mean, we know the other apostles uh, affirm who Paul is, but here's Peter literally saying that Paul's writings are scripture. Are scripture, yep. 
And Amen. what is he talking about people twisting Paul's words? So we have a lot of people nowadays that take Paul's words and turn to what's known as hyper grace. And it leads to lawlessness, right? What is lawlessness? Lawlessness is the people that act like, well, as long as I say I believe in Jesus, I'm good. It's all about what yeah. I say only. That's it. They'll even tell you that fruits are words. So like, as long as I tell you I'm a Christian, that's, 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 my, that's my good fruits. It's not about how I live and it's not about how I walk. And they completely reject it. They'll call it a workspace gospel because Paul does talk about not being under law, being saved by grace. But Paul also says what? Does that mean we should walk around and sin? By no means. Like Paul emphasizes that you're not bound to sin, but you're free in righteousness. So be free to righteousness, like go towards righteousness. And then um, it also goes the other way around, right? So the people that twist Paul's words to the other degree. The point that, that I think Peter is really driving home that we all need to be sure about is that Paul's words are not something that you could just cherry pick. Like you really can't. I mean, you can't cherry pick anything in the Bible, but like Paul's words need context. You need to read his letters. Obviously, Peter is driving this home like, hey, his letters are deep. He even says what? They're hard to understand. So if there's anything you should be definitely sitting down and taking your time in and not just letting people say, hey, you're supposed to do this because Romans chapter so-and-so, chapter so-and-so, verse so-and-so. That's not how that works. We need to understand what Paul is teaching. Because it's easy to fall into lies if you're not out there picking apart the scriptures, studying it, precept upon precept, line upon line. Amen. Absolutely. Spot on. And, and, and there's, there's many things we've heard. People misquote Paul. But then again, he, if we read all of Paul in, in, his, in the context which is given, like some people will take a verse from 2 Corinthians 5 and be like, but Paul continues all the way through 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 Corinthians 7. And in 2 Corinthians 7, he addresses the issue of sin. Well, so in I'll 2 Corinthians 5, he speaks about reconciliation, but then he goes on to address the issue of sin in verse 7, uh, in chapter 7. I can actually give you an example based on uh, my week this week, uh, JD. So remember we just read earlier about how to the Jew I became Jew, to the, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that part. So where's that at real quick? I'm going to show you. So this week, People have been heavily quoting. Where's it at? Uh, where you at? Where you at? Where you at? My bad, guys. I, I could have swallowed it. I, did I miss it already? Yeah, you, yeah. Well, you're at 13. You're way past. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm a failure. <laughs> Let's get it right. I know. <laughs> I know. Get it right. Here we go. Yeah. So. This week, a lot of people have quoted right here. Oops. Uh, right above it where it says, can you not drink the cup of the uh, of the Lord and the cup of uh, of a demon? Where's it at? Devil. It's literally yeah. right before this. Um, or is it right after it? It might be right after it. I know, guys. I, you would think. Okay, here we go. So right after it, you have, I do not want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. So a lot of people try to quote that against me when it comes to me talking about, hey, it's perfectly fine to go out into your community and, and be with your neighbors on Halloween, right? Because they said, well, you can't, you can't drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of the demons. Why don't they read the very next passage, JD? All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. 
All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Listen to what he literally says. Let no mm. one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. So that means me oh. going to go out there, my neighbors, right? Then listen, eat oh. whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But oh. if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then you do not eat it. Let me, let, oh. me, let me close the screen to show you what's happening here. People were cherry picking not to bomb. drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of the demon as if that's a physical thing where I sit down and say, give me the demon's cup, not realizing that I can walk in the world where the darkness is carrying the cup of the Lord because I bring it with me to give to others. The only time I stop is if, and I give the example, if I was out there yesterday trick-or-treating, and I'm hanging out with my neighbors and I'm saying, hey, I hope you guys are having a great day, blah, blah. And someone was to say to me, hey, we're going to go down this street because we love Satan. Then I would go, mm, nope, I don't support that. And I would turn around. This is what Paul is saying. Go to their house. Doesn't matter what they put in front of you. Eat it. Everything belongs to God. You have nothing to worry about. But if they say this is for demons, then obviously you say no, because then you're condoning. Then you're actively saying, oh, okay, it's for demons. I'll eat it. This is what. Christians need to understand you are called, as Paul literally just said, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. My job is to bring the gospel to people. Then he ends it, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whether you do or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. <laughs> Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do. I do not seek, I, I uh, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that they may be saved. Amen. So I, I'm, Mike's been saying this for a year now. It's not the what you do. It's the why you do it. A lot of people scour the internet trying to condemn people on the what without asking about the why. And then they think like, oh, you're just being arrogant because you're pushing back. No, I'm telling you, why don't you ask me my why? Because if you knew my heart, then you would know everything I do is for the Lord. I could care less about this thing, the things of the world. Guess what? If there's a stupid parade tomorrow about peanuts, a peanut parade, and there's going to be people there, I'm going. I don't care about peanut. Matter of fact, ready? I would go to a pickle event. Now I'm not going to touch the pickles. But I'll go. I'll go. And I'm going to go love people. You know what I'm saying? So don't let anyone tell you you're wrong based on what you're doing unless they know why you're doing it. And don't let anyone convince you what you're supposed to do if they're not talking to you about the why. The why is the most important thing that you can ever focus on as a Christian, the why walk in the spirit, because if we go to Romans eight, and I like that we finished uh, Peter early because I love to talk about walking in the spirit. Romans eight says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. What are things of the flesh? Oh, don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't touch this. Don't touch that. Don't uh, wear that. And that's things of the flesh, right? 
what does it say? But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. What is my mind set on? How can I introduce Jesus to you? How can I bring joy to your life today to where you are happy? And maybe I can share more Jesus with you. How can I build a relationship with you? Does it mean I'm going out in my neighborhood on Halloween? Yup. Does it mean I'm going to the parade that people don't like? Yup. Does it mean I'm going to go to their house? That person that's a, that's a liar and, and he's a drug addict. Yep. I'm going to go to his house. I'm going to go sit with him. I'm going to tell him I love him. I'm going to hug that person. Because my mind is set on the spirit. And then listen. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. <laughs> it's peace. I'm not worried about what I do because my mind is set on the spirit. And then he says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. What does that mean? That means that if you're in the spirit, what you do pleases God. And I can prove that because in Romans 12, what, is, what does Paul say? Let's go to Romans 12 real quick. Y'all know once I start freestyling, we jump all around the Bible. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. My Goal in life is to give my life to the Lord. That means I'm willing to go walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That means I'm willing to go stand in the fire. That means I'm willing to go sit in the lion's den. I'm not trying to avoid any of that because God doesn't want you to avoid that. He wants to deliver you out of it, not deliver you before it. Just like Meshach and Abednego and them, they didn't get saved prior to the fire. He let them go in the fire so he could show off his power to everyone watching. He doesn't tell uh, Daniel to avoid the lion's den. He lets him go into the lion's den so that Daniel can sit there with a lion and the king can go, what? God wants you to step out into this world if your mind is set on him so he can show off through you. And this is why in Colossians, it says we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through you. And that's not for everyone. This is also what I've been saying. You might not be at the place where that's for you. But if it's not, don't go telling others based on your conviction. Okay? For example, uh, a lot of people feel convicted about Halloween. Obviously, we just passed Halloween, so I'm using that as an example here. I've been walking with the Lord several years. I've been in some pretty scary places. I've been face-to-face -face with demon-possessed people. I'm not at the same place of my walk as you. That's not pride. That's not boasting. It's a fact. I'm not at the same place of a walk as you. So what is unclean to you is not unclean to me. What is lawful for me might not be lawful for you because what's lawful to us is what God puts in your spirit. Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. And we live in a day and age when a lot of Christians project their convictions on others. They project what they believe is right on others. And honestly, I wonder if people do that to make themselves feel better. because. If this is something I'm doing and I can point to others that they're not doing it, it makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. But if we really analyze each other's lives, what about all the sinful things you're doing every day? Like if we really went down that road. But I, I, I digress on that. Walk in the spirit, guys. And, and you might say, Mike, how do I walk in the spirit? Set your mind on things of the spirit. It's legalism. Absolutely, Walsh. 
Um, it becomes legalism by thought, by faith, by all types of stuff. People play legalism into everything. Uh, we see legalism into the type of Bibles you read. Like if you don't read my Bible or the Bible I read, uh, then then you're um, unsaved. And 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 listen, anybody can cherry pick a verse. And, and I know that I've showed you guys this many times. Anybody can drop a verse in your comment section. Anybody can throw a verse at you. And if you just read it at face value, oh my goodness, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of a demon at the same time. Oh my goodness, I can't go out today. Ask them, what is the cup of a demon? What is the cup of the Lord? What, what are these things and how do I do it? Are you saying that by just walking outside, I have a cup of the demon, even though I'm bringing the cup of the Lord with me? Um, the rookie asked a really good question here because sometimes JD and myself can forget the level that you guys are at when it comes to knowledge. And there's keywords we use that may confuse you. So uh, the rookie here said, I'm sorry, but what is legalism? So thank you for the question, rookie. Uh, rookie, I don't like calling you that because it feels like I'm kind of like calling you like, all right, rookie. <laughs> but um, legalism is a term for people that, uh, I mean, I feel like it's kind of implied in the, in the words. Uh, they add rules that do not exist to Christianity. So I'll give you an example. If I told you guys, hey, um, in order to be a true Christian, you all have to wake up every morning at 5 a.m. and pray the Our Father. That's legalism. I'm giving you a rule that does not exist in our faith, telling you you have to do it. And if you don't do it, then you're wrong. And, and sometimes it goes as far as saying, and therefore you're not saved or you need to go to confession or whatever some, some beliefs believe in, right? So it's it's setting system. Oh, thank you so much, Walsh. It's, it's an emphasis on a system of rules. And I would add to Walsh's definition, rules that are not in existence, right? Because God does have rules. They're not, it's not legalism because they're God's rules and violating them doesn't cause you to lose salvation, but it does cause discipline. And the Lord does discipline those that he loves. He chastises his children. We, we don't deny that as Christians. So anyone who tells you there's no rules in Christianity is also lying. There are rules. The difference is it's not like you lose your salvation if you disobey those rules. You get chastised by your father in heaven. Just like in my house, my kids have rules. It's not like disobeying my rules and I literally abandon you in the street or I go out for toilet paper and never come home. But if you break my rules, there will be discipline. You will offend me. Likewise, just because you're covered by grace, this is what Paul teaches. It's you're not free to just sin because yeah. we love our Lord. We love our God. We should want to walk in obedience. However, we walk in obedience to the law of spirit, not the law of sin and death. And we've read that multiple times tonight. Uh, JD, what, what was I reading in First Corinthians uh, 10, where he said, to those that are not under a law, I became as one not under a law. And then he emphasizes, uh, although, you know, I'm not really under a law, but I am under the law of Christ, right? And in Ephesians, I believe it is, he mentions that, you know, by loving each other, we fulfill the law of Christ. In Romans 8, it says that the law of spirit uh, you know, does what the law of, of sin and death can't do. And in James, he says, so act as someone who is under the law of liberty. Um, yeah. Here, actually, Amen. Let me actually Amen. open this up. I think this is a great one for the topic that we've kind of stumbled into right now. Um, James chapter yeah. two, um, because this is an example of what we saw with the Halloween thing, right? People are out here knowingly sinners, right? Whether they, whether they admit it or not. They break laws every day. Come on, Logos, open up. They break laws every day. 
listen what James tells you about how to speak to people. If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. So there's there's the law you and I are under. Believe in the one that, that God sent and love your neighbor. Right? You can also Amen. refer to it as love the Lord thy God and love your neighbor. Both ways of presenting it are the same. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but you murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. And I'm, I'll come back and explain that in a moment. This is what I want you to hear. So speak, so speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. So I should speak as someone who knows that we all need grace. I shouldn't talk to you as if you're a worse sinner than me. Right before this, he refers to this as a person who looks into the mirror and forgets who they are when they walk away. So if I see somebody doing something they shouldn't be doing, I need to remember as I speak to them that we both need grace and we're both sinners. Um, so that's that. Now, uh, Sammy, I just want to admit something. Let me just want, I just want to respond to you real quick in love. I appreciate you for saying that you love me to start it because I wish more people started their, their uh, objections that way. I tell you guys all the time, Paul starts his letters with, love you guys, now I'm about to rebuke you. So thank you for not just jumping straight to that. The argument that JD and myself have been making isn't whether Halloween is pagan or not. Our argument is, is there is nothing controlled by Satan and therefore I don't stay inside. I walk outside and participate in my community. And the problem is a lot of people consider trick-or-treating somehow synonymous with sacrificing goats and doing witchcraft. They are not the same. And here's what I mean. The pagan roots of Halloween have nothing to do with trick-or-treating. Trick-or-treating stems from capitalism. Okay? So capitalism is who brings forth trick-or-treating, just like every other holiday in America is brought forth by capitalism. If on Halloween, I was telling you guys, it's perfectly fine to go to a seance to share the gospel. I would hope you all rebuke me where I stand and slap the taste buds off my mouth. You understand mm. me? But you cannot therefore say, because on this day, there are people who in history did evil things that going outside and participating in the capitalistic event of knocking on my neighbor's doors to pass out candy and get candy is somehow connected to the sacrificing of goats to Satan. You guys, because if if that's the case, there's a lot of things you and I do every day that if we had to play this connected to something game, like, for example, China hates Christianity. China backs TikTok. So what degree of connection are we okay to be at with something that's evil? You know what I mean? What, what degree of connection? How many levels... <coughs> Or how many degrees do I have to be separated from evil before it's okay to participate? Um, I mean, I don't know the company that makes my shirts if they love Jesus. What degree? Uh, Apple, we know that they've used very cheap and slave labor. You get what I'm saying? No, I know you're yeah. not fighting. I love you. <laughs> I love can, I maybe, can, can I maybe shed some lights on this from another perspective? Um, yeah, and just ahead, to, just, yeah, he just, doesn't just, even celebrate Halloween. <clears throat> I don't. I don't celebrate Halloween at all. Uh, South Africa doesn't really celebrate Halloween on the scale that America does. There are 
some neighborhoods where people will like trick or treat or whatever, but it would be like five or six houses out of fifty. So it's not it's not a it's not a big thing. But here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me just shed light on on saying exactly what Mark said, but giving you another analogy. Your cell phone is pagan. Your TV is pagan. Your your modern day living is is pagan. So I can use my cell phone to have the Bible app open and you know, read the word of God when the guy living next door to me can have his cell phone open looking at hours and hours of pornography. Again, the device in itself, what it's used for. We ah. we're not a we're not we're not we're not we're not advocating for Halloween. We're not saying go Halloween, yay Halloween. We're simply stating that Christians out and about mm -hmm. during this time could shed light in a dark world rather than go into become recluse like a ostrich with its head in the sand we go out we have conversations and we we set we 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 bring the gospel in even those times we bring the gospel so not disagreeing with you with the sense of 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 halloween and and certain people make it very demonic um, and there is, it is an, it is definitely a night where Satanists would be doing rituals and things. We, we're not disputing that, but again, we're not, we're not affected by the rituals they do. Yeah. We've been, we've been washed with the blood of Christ Jesus. We've so been I set wanna, free. I think I just uh, kind of got some more context, Sammy. I don't know if you've been in the live the whole time. Cause if you have been, um, I hope you heard me say that this is also not us telling others that they should. I understand why you have a conviction now. You just told us that you were a pagan. Because you were a pagan, I have no doubt that the Holy Spirit wouldn't want you out there. So you feel convicted. Because your recent roots with that, you could get tempted. You could have a, a, a reaction. The Holy Spirit knows what you need, right? What me and JD have been saying is we need to make sure that we don't go telling others what they can do. So here's what I mean. Um, I'm not telling you, you should, I think that your conviction is probably spot on because it sounds like you probably shouldn't be out there, but you having that conviction, if you were to run into me and I was telling you, I'm about to go out today. I can't wait to meet my neighbors. I'm going to share the love of Jesus with them. It would, you wouldn't, it, it would be unnecessary for you to say, Mike, you shouldn't do that because of this, this, and that that's your conviction. I got this. Uh, uh, I, I'm headed out there for, for this reason. This is why I've been telling people I'm not I'm not advocating for anything. I'm just Amen. defending the fact that we need to focus on the why and not the what, because the why is what matters. Because it's not celebration if I'm actively trying to be face to face with people and love people, um, because that's what we should always be doing, um, and, and we do it different ways. But listen to me, guys. If you ever hear me say anything. All of you need to trust God and follow your convictions because God knows what you need. I'll give you an example. Um, she's a, Sammy's a great example that she just gave us. So I actually really like that, that we could use that, but let's use one that some of you might have a little bit better. The Holy spirit might know that you were a sex addict, right? And no one knows it, but you know, you had a sexual addiction before you came to the Lord. And every time your friends want to go out and have a, uh, and go bowling or something, you feel convicted in your heart. The Holy Spirit might know you aren't ready yet to go out in public because there's women that are going to be dressed a certain way or men dressed a certain way. The Holy Spirit knows you shouldn't be there. 
Some people don't recognize their convictions and they want to share their convictions with everybody. And they go online like, you guys need to stop doing this. The Lord just told me that we need to stop bowling because it's from Satan. I'm making this up, by the way. I'm, I'm using yeah. an example. Yeah. What that person doesn't realize is the Holy Spirit was convicting them because the Holy Spirit knows something. And they know, mm. and the Holy Spirit knows what you need to be doing. You are weak in that area. We're all weak in certain areas. I'm weak in certain areas. JD's weak in certain areas. You're all weak in certain areas. Yeah. Okay. Amen. So there are certain things that we need to be aware of uh, that when the Holy Spirit convicts us, it's not always for everyone. In fact, it's never really for everyone um, if it's a, if it's a personal conviction. Um, yeah. And so it's, 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 it, it, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. Carry on. No, you're good. I just wanted to focus on that. And then I, I see yeah. Furian's message. Yes. The, uh, the, the history of, of Halloween does have some excuse me, uh, some Christianity behind it, but there are also evil things in the history of Halloween. Just want to throw it out there. Like, yes. I mean, both sides have uh, points to be made. And I think the problem is we get so caught up on what Halloween is and not the why of what people are doing. Like, again, this is yeah. why I keep pointing back. We need to stop focusing on all these what's. The what's mean nothing. Because if your why is you just want to participate in things so that... I don't know. I'm just, Amen. you know, whatever. Then that's a different thing, right? So, um, yeah. yeah. I just want to. I just want to point out that that that, that uh, one day of the year where where certain things go down does not outweigh progressive Christianity, where there are churches who every single Sunday are preaching uh, a, a heresy, like uh, Brandon Robertson, who is a openly LGTV affirming. Um, you know, happy pastor, and he has a Bible open in his church that he never reads, and he doesn't believe that God's word is inerrant, and he doesn't believe that God's word is a foundation, and he doesn't believe. So, like again, we look at the the each each of us have got, and and it's a good thing that um that you've got these personal convictions, Sammy, um, and it's a good thing that you're warning people about what happens on those nights. Um, these are good things. Um, and we praise Jesus for that. But again, because I don't drink, I don't drink hard tech. I don't drink liquor. Mike doesn't drink liquor. Personal, you know, the, the, I don't drink liquor because I used to have a problem with liquor. So, so that's why I don't drink it. I don't, I don't dabble with it because I know what it does to me. Yeah. So again, that's a great I can't run around video. telling people, "Oh, you're drinking that." So, "Oh, that's a problem. You shouldn't be drinking that." Like, they can control themselves. They can have a drink. They can have two drinks. That's absolutely fine. This um, is another and again, example. The Bible says, "Yeah, the Bible says I was nothing." Just say that some people have addictive personalities, and you need exactly. to stay away from one drink because one drink yeah. for you can turn into a binge. But Snowball. I, I don't yeah. know JD. So until JD tells me. He can probably have a beer, right? Now, obviously, I know he doesn't, but there are people who are Christians that can have a beer. They're adults, and they're mature enough to do it. But I shouldn't be drinking because I have an addictive personality. Now, that's not why I don't drink, but that's also another reason on top of that. I know that we're gonna, we are gonna got to leave soon. JD actually might have to hop out of here, but I see someone asking a question. Does God test us or everything that happens to us is a consequence of our free will? Um, so... Does God test us? I want to use the word test. What mm -hmm. I would say is God shapes us. God disciplines us. Molds us. God molds us. He is the potter. Yeah. We are the clay. 
Um, can God test? Yes, we see in Deuteronomy 13, it says he'll allow a false prophet to have a, have a real prophecy to test if you're going to follow the prophecy or follow the word of God. So can he? Yes. But as Christians, one of the main things the Bible makes clear is that uh, it's more so discipline. However, I do love that you mentioned the consequences, uh, 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 Augustina, I think it is, because a lot of people will attribute things to God when it often is consequences of our sin. How many times have you heard someone say, oh man, God, if the door closed, that was God closing a door for you. Nah, not all the time. Sometimes that door closed because you did something that's worthy of that door closing. Sometimes God is keeping you from somebody to protect somebody from you. Like we have this weird thing that we're always right. And everything that happens, it's God doing something to help me. We never want to think of the possibility of God punishing us disciplining us, protecting his other children from us, our own consequences of sin. Sometimes the door shuts because we slam it shut. Sometimes mm -hmm. the door shuts because we're not ready to walk through it. It doesn't always mean God's closing it because there's another door. Sometimes you need to sit down at that door and find out what have I been doing wrong that God is, is saying I'm not ready for. So yeah. um, I just want to throw it out there. Amen. Amen, man. Yeah, and it, it's it's funny that the conversation went that route. But again, I just want to I just want to end with this: if 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 we are going to constantly project our own personal convictions onto other Christians, there cannot be unity. There can be no unity. You see, uh, Mike and I, we agree on on way more than we disagree on. Let's just put it there: we agree on way more than we disagree on. But what we disagree on is not necessary for us to go to war with one another because it's got nothing to do with salvation. So again, we look at the, the issue at hand. Does it concern salvation? If it doesn't concern salvation, we can have a discussion and we can laugh it off. We absolutely don't need to go to war with our brothers and sisters in Christ over every little topic that gets, yeah. that gets raised. I mean, y'all don't see me literally telling you if you don't stop eating pickles, I won't do a podcast anymore. Like I could do that. I could be petty, but I don't push my convictions on y'all. I know they're from Satan. You don't. I get it. But I know they're from Satan. I'm not about to suck on the Satan's toes. That's Satan's toes. This little toes right there. It's like sucking Satan's big toe. Not about to happen. Grinch. <laughs> All right. So, but we do have to get out of here because it is the end of the podcast and JD's got human being adult things to do. Tomorrow, Around noonish one, my time, excuse me, central time, we are going to kick off the reading Exodus, which will be released on Friday. But tomorrow we will probably go live while we're doing it. Um, just because we like to help people get introduced into that. We have been behind because of things. My wife's out of town, so I'm single dad. JD had, you know, some health issues for his son. So we apologize that we've missed a couple weeks, but you know what? We ended Genesis. So really it's like kind of a gap that honestly we might carry into between books because I think JD and myself probably need these breaks occasionally um, mm. because it is a lot of work that we're doing to get these out there for you. But I am super excited for it. We appreciate every one of you joining us. I will be on TikTok after this for a short amount of time to uh, answer any questions or talk about anything that we discussed here on the podcast. That's the little after show. If you're new here, we ask you, please subscribe. That is the only thing we ask. We don't ask you to donate. We don't ask you to sh even share. I mean, if you want to share, then thank you. But subscribe. Give us your money. <laughs> Give us all your money. <laughs> Someone's going to clip that, JD, and it's going to come back on me somehow. 
because uh, JD can slide under the radar because he's only got like 5,000 followers. So I'm the one who gets blamed for everything because I'm the one that's in front of everybody. Um, so unfair. Uh, but no, uh, uh, guys, uh, God bless you so much. Thank you for being a part of this. It has truly become a family. The true Christian, the TCM family is a thing. It blows my mind. And I am fully convinced that if I died today, TCM would keep moving. It is no longer just me. Um, it would fully keep moving. And, and that's what makes me so happy that something has started that is beyond JD and myself. Uh, I believe the Lord's hand is on it. Um, you guys are an encouragement to us. Uh, just, man, just thank you guys. for. I, I thank the Lord for you. I pray for you all. I love you all. You're amazing. And may God continue to push us forward to grow with each other and spread the gospel. I love you guys. I have nothing else to say. JD. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for liking, subscribing, sharing the videos. Again, for everyone who's who's always been uh, praying for us, uh, continue to pray for me and Mike, that the Holy Spirit continues to work in us and through us, um, that we get this... Uh, that we always put out the right content, that we always accurately represent our Heavenly Father. That's 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 our mission. And, uh, if anybody was offended, we still love you. Uh, and your questions are welcome. You're most you're honored. Um, a bigger reason for you to be here. If you were here, thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. And we will see you next week, Monday. Uh, Right here, same time, same place with Mike and me. Have a good one. Grace and peace. God bless. Go in peace.